This episode is brought to you by HD Services. If you're into heavy iron and have been looking to follow other companies that are building their brand in the heavy equipment repair space, I recommend HD Services out of Southern California. Eric at HD Services has been building cat transmissions most of his life and started doing them under his own brand back when the company he managed for shut down during COVID. He's now growing his cat powertrain business rapidly and has been sharing his story and progress on Instagram. Check them out at underscore HD Services underscore. And if you need any help on your equipment or want to know more information, take a look at their website at www.hdsvcs.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack. And I'm Joe Cashin. And this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Ooh, how'd you like that intro? Crispy. Mm, it's a little different, but I think that's what uh, everybody's going to be hearing from now on, hopefully. Maybe not 100% of the time, but I think, I think, I think it's a good thing. You know, I'm down to try. I uh, I didn't want to come in with a big head, but it's uh, always been a. I like podcasts. I like. I always thought it would be cool to be a part of one, and so I didn't want to come out swinging my first episode. Tell you uh, I'm your new co-host or anything, but you kind of did it for me. So, working as we go. So, what are we naming this episode? So I heard this uh, somewhere sometime. And it was maybe a meme, I don't know, on the internet. And it said, women go to therapy and men just start podcasts. So this is, uh, I guess, my replacement for therapy this week. So I don't know if you're my therapist or the listeners are, but I'm going to sit here and probably whine and complain a little bit. I had a, a little bit of a rough week this week, but making it through. So you want to know something? What's that? So we're taking this to to a camera and video and I didn't hit record <laughs> on the on that so I'm going to go ahead and hit record now and uh I guess we'll uh I don't know whatever <laughs> we're going to po- uh, post this on a whole video I-, I was planning on doing like a full episode and putting yeah. it on YouTube but uh, maybe it'll just be a TikTok clip now. We'll see how where it goes if we don't screw anything up too bad. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Joe's got some bad stories from the week, so I figure we'll just talk about that and cover some topics and just kind of make it a... Uh, this is kind of a me and Joe episode this week, kind of introducing you know, him as a co-host full-time or... I shouldn't say full time because it might not happen. But anyways, certified wrenches other other hosts. There we go. So, what happened, dog? Man, you know, my first episode on here. I don't know if people took it the wrong way or they uh, might have got the idea that everything was just smooth sailing for me. <laughs> but uh, up to that point, I would say that I had a pretty easy. I wouldn't say easy. I had a uh, a lot of things going my way without a lot of things going against me. So this week, uh, you know, had a couple of those learning lessons. 
those, um, you know, experiences that I'm sure had to come sooner or later, but, uh, you know how wrenching goes and, and, uh, it's just adding wrenching to also adding, uh, being a business owner now. And, uh, I thought I'd keep it, uh, a small company, a one man show for a while, but the way things were going, I was staying so busy. I felt like I should add a second truck. And, you know, if you follow me on the Instagram, I've, uh, posted a few things about it here and there. And, uh, man, what a week this week. Uh, so I had a, I guess we'll start from square one. Uh, before I even thought about buying a second truck, I thought who I'd want to run it. And I kind of touched base with the few uh, handful of guys that I would trust or want to be a part of my team. And, uh, you know, I had, as it goes, I had more than one option there. And most of them were pretty satisfied with where they were at. Man, I got a tickle in my nose. Hold on. You better pick it. You're on camera. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I feel like I got a sneeze, but those sneezes that never come and you're just waiting for it to hit you. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like, unfortunately, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking in this episode. Yeah. This I mean, who would imagine you do a podcast and you talk about it, right? Yeah. Or uh, this is kind of going to be about you, I think. Well, it may be uh, everybody can point and laugh or tell me how uh, dumb my mistakes are this week. So they did it all with you on that Azuzu last week. So they can yeah. do it all with me this week. It, by the way, on that video that I posted on TikTok explaining, it's a three minute video. Some people like, okay, I'm not going to watch the whole thing. So then people comment, well, did you check the return hoses? I'm like, watch the whole video, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I literally tell you what it is in the end. That's uh, we're going to get off on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, that's a unfortunate side effect of people's uh, attention span on TikTok is I can't watch the whole three-minute video, but I can comment on it to tell you, you know, what you did wrong or what you forgot to check. And it's like, listen, if you would have watched the whole three-minute video, you could have, you know, been uh, informed on what I found. But anyways, going back, uh, so I didn't just go out and buy a truck and not have any idea of where I wanted to go with it but I uh you know kind of narrowed down my options and had a sit down with a, a fella and uh talked to him about what I was doing and kind of explained how it was working for me and um how I was excited to see where things go um you don't want to lose momentum when you have something going your way you might as well just uh while, you know, they say strike while the iron's hot. So I was uh, over there trying to make things happen, and I had a lot of work, so I wanted to make it, you know, I didn't want to drag my feet and never get around to it. So anyways, sat down, talked to him. He was a dealership guy, and uh, he kind of knew, or I knew him and was comfortable enough with him to where I'd feel comfortable with him driving my truck home and, you know, not just some idiot I put a ad out for on the, uh, you know, job postings. But uh, so as things went, he put in his two weeks notice. He was supposed to start next Monday. And I've got the service truck. We went, he actually drove with me out to uh, pick it up. It was about two hours away. 
when I bought it. We looked it over top to bottom. You know, I told them, uh, this is your truck, and I, if we get the ball rolling and everything's going great, we'll order a, a brand new truck or, you know, find a, a slightly used truck. But I just didn't want to go put a, a, you know, finance another truck and not have a guaranteed, you know, option there. And I kind of, I'm glad I did that. I was able to pay cash for this one and uh, went out there, picked it up. He helped me pick it up, got it back, kind of talked about what we were going to do to the truck, kind of uh, plans for the future. And, boy, it was, uh, you know, I don't I don't fault him, but, well, I guess I'm getting sidetracked here. <laughs> so he put his two weeks notice in. Management obviously wasn't happy. Uh, you know, he said it doesn't matter what they try and offer him. He didn't like working at the dealer anymore. He was ready to leave, have a change of pace, and of course, I guess money decided to change that. So, which they, I'll let you explain. Never mind. Well, and so here's the thing, um, you know, I'm a one man show. I don't have all the uh, benefits that a, a dealership could offer you as far as PTO and and um, you know health insurance and oh. What other benefits that four hundred one ks, all that good stuff? Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, because um, going through topics right now as we're talking, um, do they or do they? Are you going to like provide uniforms and all that stuff for your? Yeah, employee? so I mean, what I talked about is um, just kind of like I do. I made, I went to the Dickies house and just bought what I wanted to wear, and I'm like, dude, I can't pay for laundry service right now. I can't, you know. There's all these things that come with being an independent that you don't really think about. But uh, I was like, pretty much any business, I'm not going to make him go out there and pay for stuff out of pocket. Anything that yeah. is business related, anything that's uniforms, work boots, all this other stuff. You know, I even offered a tool allowance. I even offered incentives for bringing on new customers. Uh, you know, kind of a, a bonus based on the hours you can bring from a, another, you know, from customers that, we're outside of uh, wh- who I was already doing work for. So it's not like I didn't throw incentives on top of what I was already. I mean, I'm not going to get into his business, but it was a $10 an hour raise for him to come work for me. And, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so he called me on Tuesday. He put his, his notice in uh, the Friday before, and then he called me on this past Tuesday and said he, he was going to end up taking the money to stay where he was at. So now I got a truck and it's already got my graphics on it and it's, uh, you know, it's paid for, so it doesn't really hurt my feelings, but, um, I don't have a note. I already had added it, had it added him to my insurance, uh, got the quote, you know, made sure everything was good. I already had a, uh, company credit card on the way for him. I already, uh, you know, the way it it wasn't like a uh, hey I haven't even a reserve in the back of my head that I'd like to stay at the dealer. It was kind of expressed to me that there wasn't anything that they could do to keep him there. So I kind of went head first, and maybe I should have just waited. But I also didn't want to get him on day one and then have to you know not then have to add him to the insurance and then have to add him to my you know pay him to sit yeah. there basically yeah so i wanted him day one to be in to be able to jump in and you know get to work um 
and like I said, I don't fault him. It's a it's a sweet deal for him. I mean, all things considered, I wasn't making that much at at that many years of experience in. So maybe it's inflation. Maybe it's uh, <laughs> maybe it's uh, just the way that dealerships are, or you know technicians anywhere are in short supply. So if they want to keep them around, they're going to keep them around. But you know, being a small business owner, these are lessons that I'm going to have to learn. And, um, it's a hard one to learn, but I already had a, you know, I had other people in mind. And so when that happened, I'd basically, I had reached out to somebody I'd already reached out to before. And I told him kind of what boat I was in. And he was kind of in the same place, uh, where he wasn't super excited to stay where he was at, but he was also kind of maybe keeping his options open. And when I filled him in, he's like, man, I told him, I said, man, I'm a, you know, a one-man show. I can't offer you what everybody else can. But if we get this thing, you know, I feel like there's momentum. And if we get this thing to take off, I'm not going to hire somebody and have somebody put in, you know, their hard work, their time, and their effort and uh, not take them with me where I'm going. So mm-hmm. he's uh, he's on board. He put his two weeks notice in on Friday. So it looks like that was a uh, – kind of a swing and a miss and maybe I got one on on the next one so so do you think he <clears throat> didn't want to come over from the get and was like, kind of like a whoo no man like I was really sold that he wanted to so uh you know I I sat down and had lunch with him I I'd talked to him kind of when I'd first got started and I mean I was st- I'm still friends with just about everybody I've ever worked with I don't have to my knowledge um, they don't say it to my face, I guess, but they're friendly enough to me in person that I can sit down and chat with anybody I ever worked with and, you know, kind of just, uh, tell them what's going on. So these are all guys I've seen around and I've, uh, stayed in contact with. They're of course all over my social media and they're seeing what I'm doing and seeing how it's growing. And, um, I was really sold on the fact that cause we sat down, had lunch, kind of wasn't really an interview. It was kind of just more of a uh, seeing what could be a possibility. And I'm like, if there's any reserve, that any sort of you're not sold, then go talk to the manager and tell them that you're unhappy where you're at. Tell them what situation you're in. If you don't like where you're working or who you're working for, I mean, talk to them before you go tell them, you know, just turn in your two weeks notice and – it was expressed to me that he um he was pretty much not sold on working at the dealership anymore so it was kind of a rough one but you know it is what it is i like i said uh if they're going to match what i was offering him and i can't match his benefits and another thing is they did this to me when i tried to quit the dealership but they're like think about the training you'll miss and it's like i mean yeah training's great i'd I'd love to go to the updated training every year, but once you sit through the training basic classes, I mean, even those, you could pretty much, you're going to learn 10 times more on the job than you will ever learn on a training class, other than the pretty much the brochure, the selling points, you know, more fuel efficient, you know, they'll just go into the selling points, and then it's, when you're day-to-day working on that stuff, you learn more than you'd ever learn in a class. Yeah, they. I got the same same thing when I left, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you know, they even let me take my service truck home and like, are you sure you can take it home? You can unload your tools there in case you change your mind. 
Yeah. But I was already sold on on leaving, so I I I don't know, man. It's I guess it's just kind of it seems to me like he was kind of iffy from the get cuz I have a a buddy that was the same same boat and he works for a dealership. I won't he he already knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him <laughs> out, but he wanted to go to a different dealership and was like yeah, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna be losing money and blah blah. blah. I'm like, then don't go. Well, I kind of want to. I'm kind of unhappy here. And finally, he just called it and said, "I'm not gonna go." So maybe it was kind of a little bit of a cold feet thing. I don't. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame him for that. You know, like I said, it is what it is. Um, I just kind of wish I would have been expressed a little bit sooner. And uh, man, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's one I had to learn at some point in time. So. Now I kind of I, I kind of get where some people who have been business owners for years and years why they may be a little bit of a perceived as a prick to you know new hires or whatever it's like they've probably been through this a thousand times I'm learning it for the first time but they've probably been through this over and over and over and uh, obviously on the other side of the coin I get where the dealership's coming from they don't want to lose a tech who's got experience there. Um, I don't know how exactly it works, but I'm pretty sure they get some sort of a retention bonus if they have a certain amount of years uh, that they're, you know, they're not having high turnover rates and all that kind of stuff. So that's the corporate world that you got to think about that they're all about the numbers and they're all about, uh, you know, just things that you as a mechanic really wouldn't think about. So my brain's been all over the place. I'm trying to be a mechanic this week and, I'm trying to also be a business owner and trying to also look to the future and and man it's been just one that it's I'll have those weeks it's not the worst thing I didn't blow a motor in my service truck I didn't have you know break an arm or a leg or anything but it's been a it's been a lesson learning week Let me tell you something though it's not going to be the first time and it won't be the last time Unfortunately you know we we've been looking for a third technician now for Quite a while, you know, find people apply. Damn, I just, I hate this table. I just hit it and you can hear it. Um, <laughs> so you move your hands, <laughs> um, you know, it, boss man, you know, you get somebody that applies and boss man calls them say, Hey, sure. Be here Monday this time. I'll be here waiting for you. No call, no show. It's like, Oh, okay. It, it's kind Dude, of, annoying. I don't understand it. And I guess that's why it's so uh, important to some of these places to keep the mechanics that they've got. Um, Because even five or six years ago, um, one of the other dealers I worked at, they'd let people go for like a $1.50 raise. And it's like, you couldn't even just match that. And then now they're, of course, they're over there worrying about their turnover rate and they're struggling to keep people. Throwing money at people. Yeah, just literally begging people to come work for them for a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I don't know if it's mind-blowing or if it's a consequence of their own actions, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't don't see how some of these people, um, when I was working at the independent shop uh, before I left, we hired a couple of guys, and it was, uh, you know, just like you described, Hey, you're hired. When can you start? You say you've got 10 years experience. You, you can do everything. You're a, you know, I'm not expecting the most, but I'm expecting you to show up and work and put in some hours. And then it's, Hey, the first one guy 
late the first day, an hour, late the second day, an hour, the third day, no call, no show. When they got a hold of him, he said, hey, I told you I had a doctor's appointment, but nobody heard anything, and they fired him on the spot. But that, that, that was what I was just explaining was literally just coming for an interview. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. an interview. Yeah, and they yeah. don't even show up or call. Yeah. That blows my mind, too, because why would you – why would you take the time to put in an application and, uh, you know, give this person a lead and then you're just not even going to show up? So that's pretty, uh, that's mind blowing that these people are out there doing that. But then again, I know how some of these mechanics are, so it's not that <laughs> you see their work quality and you see, uh, you know, there's a reason why certain people, uh, are drawn to certain jobs, <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, some of those tendencies or attitudes or character traits, unfortunately, uh, find themselves more often in the in the wrenching world than uh, in other areas. But yeah, I I just don't like the guys that they're only money driven. Yeah, um, it's and that's what it's all about lately. You know, oh well, this guy's going to give me two more bucks an hour. It's like, well. Are you going to be happier there, though? Yeah, but when I left the dealer, I um, I took a good pay raise. But like I said, I lost a lot of the um, a lot of the maybe not so obvious benefits. But um, I kind of equated it to, hey, the money's in my pocket. I can decide where I want to spend it and what I want to spend it on. I don't have to, uh, you know, necessarily. The you know the dealership will give you this brochure and it says here's what your benefits equate to for the past year and it's like that's great but I wish that money was in my pocket mm-hmm. instead. So when I went independent and I started working, I had more money in my pocket. I was able to put a down payment on a house, buy a house, and uh, you know my wife's a stay-at-home mother, so it's a one-income house and it's all coming out of my pocket. So it uh, when I was at that point, I was thankful to have the ability to you know they still offered health insurance but it wasn't the greatest and uh so i paid a little bit more for that but um i could actually decide where that extra money was going and um i don't even know where i was going with that but uh <laughs> yeah so being a solo guy trying to get on that second that second mechanic um i'm looking for somebody who can kind of be okay with not having that extra stuff. But also I'm like, I am not afraid to pay you for the work that you put in. So if you're out there making sales, if you're out there hustling and and getting those customers that like you, you know, just bringing them with you or just having that word of mouth that if you bring stuff in, I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, not reward you for the work that you put in. So, that's uh that's the two way street that I may have talked about before, but um when you feel valued as a mechanic or as an employee, I think you're gonna work harder and uh or at least be a be a better employee than someone who's just sit there and if you feel undervalued, I'm sure you're not gonna give it a hundred percent or even ninety percent or even seventy five percent so before we get into the next topic, are you riding dirty right now as far as health insurance? I have, uh, I'll say I'm self-insured. How about that? Yeah, yeah I I know what, I'm picking up what you're putting down, yeah. but um, anyway, so 
Go on. You take it from here. I'm done. <laughs> so I use QuickBooks right now for everything. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do just because it's simple. But they do offer some uh, benefits that you can uh, offer through your company through them. So it's basically, you know, all through them. But uh, I've been looking into that. Uh, just right now I haven't got all that set up. It's one. If I have a second set of hands... I may be able to wrench for eight or 10 hours a day and then do something else with the rest. But right now I'm basically wrenching from the time I leave to the time I get back, trying to keep up with invoicing, trying to keep up with parts ordering and, and all the other good stuff that comes along with it. But, um, I, having a second set of hands will give me a, alleviate me a little bit to where I can put some more effort into, uh, all that other side. Do you think you're ever going to need to hire somebody to do all your books and payroll and uh, even though it's just two yeah. of you? Well, my wife's been getting into it a little bit. Um, she's been pretty helpful with it all. Um, but she, I mean, it's only been me so far. And so I've been able to do all my invoicing and, and I've had her help with inputting stuff. Um, so that'll probably be where I go. I don't know if she'll ever have to work full time on that, but maybe a couple 10 hours a week or something, keep everything covered and caught up. But that's one place that's real easy to get behind in and probably screw you real quick. So far I have, I, you know, I'll catch up at the end of every week is uh, kind of my goal at minimum. But if I can do it once every couple of days, then I'm in good shape. So I know you get this, you probably get this a lot, just like I do, you know, I ask for people's topics and they, most of the guys want to know, you know, about going independent. Basically they want you to tell you how to do it. Right, really sorry, they want you to tell them how to do it. There we go. Um, without telling them how to do it, do you have any advice on how to do it? <laughs> I would say you absolutely have to be 100% committed to doing it and it's not a um you don't have an option at that point whether you want to work or not it's either you're working and getting paid or you're not working and you're not getting paid um i see this kind of going back to the uh the topic of mechanics uh or technicians kind of job hopping or uh one of your guests said he got a five-year itch I can't have that five-year itch anymore. I can't just say I want to change a pace I'm ditching. I could, but I'm going to be heavily invested at that point into what I'm doing, and uh, I don't really have an option. It, it's kind of like I'm locking myself to a, uh, you know, chaining myself up to a ball and chain and and saying this is where I'm decided to uh, to to be for the foreseeable future. Now, it may be something I do for 10 years. It may be something I do for the rest of my life. But at this point, you're kind of committed to it. And it's not just an easy, I'm going to go take a job change. So mm -hmm. I'd say that's the number one thing. I mean, you could probably uh, get set up, do it part-time, do it, you know, do your side work or even do it kind of uh, uncommittedly. But I don't think you're going to be successful at that point. You're either all in or you're not. So. Once you kind of make that decision, uh, I think that's where I, in 2020, when I left the dealer, I was kind of almost there, but I wasn't fully set on it. 
So it took me another year and a half before I decided I'm just, you know, there's nothing that can stop me. I'm going for it. And uh, not that there's nothing that can stop me, but I'm not going to just give up on a moment's notice. It's like I'm I'm all in. I'm committing. So if you're not there, then I wouldn't say uh, don't try going independent. Or you may struggle a lot and be kind of, I don't know. I'm not going to judge other people based on uh, uh, an assumption, but I don't think you would be very successful if you're not all in. So that's step one. Perfect. So I'm going through topics. If anybody's wondering right here, I got my phone and I've got topics. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, listening to the podcast, if you look at your speakers, I'm pointing at my phone. (laughs) Stupid ass. Uh, this is audio only with the possibility of visual. Yeah. So yeah. We'll see how the video turns out this time. It's going to be the first time trying to do video. Might take some work, but. Anyway, uh, this guy asking for a raise versus finding another company that pays more. Now, there's so many ways to read that. Like, oh, I'm just leaving for the money. Right. Versus, I'm unhappy here and this company's offering to pay more money. And man, I imagine that it would be a tough spot to be in these last couple of years. Uh, we've kind of joked about, you know, price of tools and and other things and saying, oh, it's just the inflation. But if you really think about it, if you are set on a, I know some dealers do a cost of living increase, you know, every year you're guaranteed a little bit of a raise. I know some places don't do that. So if you're, if you've been on a place that it could, I could see a scenario where, you are just feeling the squeeze in these last couple of years when, you know, you go to the grocery store and your bill's usually a hundred bucks and now it's 175 or, uh, and you're still making the same that you made three or four or five years ago, or you haven't had a significant raise. So you may have had a bump. So how at that point it's, it kind of comes down to what company you're working for. Um, I know we were just chatting with, uh, your buddy here a second ago Oops, and, uh, he, Oh, the the something came up about um oh well <laughs> remember yeah well i don't know if i should out him or not but he said if i did that i'd get fired on the spot so yeah um oh shit i'll edit his name out how about that <laughs> okay <laughs> don't want to hurt hurt anybody's uh money their wallet so uh yeah it, it, if you express your feelings, you're, yeah. it, it, you'd be reprimanded. I don't think he'd be, get fired. He'd probably get reprimanded for it. Yeah. So some way. Um, I guess that that's what I'm trying to get to is it depends on what company. Now, uh, you may get the feeling that it would be uh, kind of that way, but I guess you'll never know unless you actually do it. But um, if if it's happened to other people in the past, I probably would uh, be careful with that and kind of take it in the best. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes some of these topics, uh, you got to really navigate them real carefully if you're worried about your job. And um, I don't want to sound ego egotistical or anything, but I've never been worried about my job. If they want to fire me, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And that it's an attitude that my wife tells me is going to get me in trouble. But I'm a uh, you know, dude. If I ask you for something that I want and you don't want to give it to me, why would I want to still work here? So if you want to fire me, 
it would be the same thing as me having to go find another job because I wanted to. Now, I have an input on this, though. So, I, I, I was just talking to my boss about this the other day. You know, he's like, you're safe. Because I was talking to him like, I'm nervous, man. I'm kind of nervous about how things are going. You know, we're in a, tech, technically we're in a recession. Right. Which we haven't seen it yet. Probably won't see it. Uh, I said, I'm nervous because when I turned 18, I was ready for a job. You know, I turned 18 right in the middle of the last recession. And it was hard. I couldn't find a job. And uh, he's like, you're safe. They might fire me before they get rid of you. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But that's another thing that a lot of people have to think about is people are starting to pull back on spending money. Yeah. So you might think you're safe and like, oh, I'll get fired. I'll go find another job. Some people might be like, oh, we're not going to hire anybody right now. So See, I was too young to be uh, employed at the 08 kind of time frame. But um, I have... You know, starting my I, my business, I think it was probably about the same time that everyone had the uh, the topic of we're about to, you know, it's about to be proof that we're in a recession. You know, it's about to, uh, you know, it feels like it already is, but it's about to be like set in stone, of course. And then everyone tells you, well, it's not really a recession. And it's like, well, that doesn't ease my feelings any. But, uh, <laughs> you know... It's a scary place to be in as an as an owner of a business. Um, so I'm trying to navigate that as well, kind of keep my eyes on the future. But, I mean, I've said it before, when you have momentum, why lose out on that momentum? So I'm trying to capitalize on that right now. Um, and also, the guys, you know, who, if you may be looking for another job, you don't have to have the same attitude I do. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a better way to do it. But if you have an issue with you feeling like you're not getting paid enough, if you are providing value to the company and you have a good explanation for, don't just go in there and say, hey, well, this guy's making that much and I'm a better mechanic than this guy. Or, hey, this guy's, uh, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. I don't know if you know who Jordan Peterson is. He's a, a psychologist, does a lot of podcasting. And uh, he says in one of his uh, books, and and one of his kind of tenets of what he uh, talks about is don't compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. So if you're bringing value, if you're kind of uh, if you're improving over where they hired you on at or where they've given you the last raise, if you can show you you know, hey, look, I've progressed this much, and I think I'm worth this much, and I wouldn't ever bring anybody else's money into it. Don't bring another, you know, well, this guy's lazy and he makes this much. It's not about him. It's about you and what you can bring to that company. So really have a, a solid game plan of why you're asking for a raise. And if the company doesn't like that, I mean, at that point, if you can prove you, you're adding value. Um, this was one thing that always blew my mind at the dealership is they would post our labor numbers. Um, for how many hours we sold and what that equated to in dollars. And uh, it was never, like, I think my worst month, I probably still tripled what my sal what I was actually putting in my pocket. And that's like when nothing got closed, when nothing got billed out. On my best months, I was probably 10x of what I was getting paid was going, you know, company. And that's just on labor. That's not even on, on parts or anything else. So it kind of blew my mind that they would post that and then also be like, 
well, we can't give you a $2 an hour raise right now or, or whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, prov- provide a good reason to where if they say no, then you feel good with why you, uh, why you asked for it, why you think you're worth it. And if they don't give it to you at that point, you know, go find somewhere else to work or just be okay with them telling you you're not worth, worth what you think you're worth. Or you're not as good as you think you are. That could be the case too. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of those guys out there. But um, I think if you're taking an honest uh, look and evaluation of yourself, then uh, you may be able to, you know, most of the guys who probably think they're better than they are are going to be the guys who are saying, uh, you know, well, this guy only does that much or this guy. If you're actually taking the time to be considerate of uh, what kind of value you you bring, then, uh, you know, maybe you'll uh, avoid having that mistake there of, thinking you're worth more than you are but at the end of the day companies got to run at what they got to run at and um, managers make those decisions and uh, the managers usually have managers so it's uh it's always kind of a unless you're working for a, a smaller operation especially if you're in anything corporate or anything dealership it's always it's not always the next guy up's decision it's probably the next guy's up boss's boss and then there's probably some sort of a uh, standard for, you know, well, you're only a technician, ABC, one, two, three, whatever. So you can't make more than this. But hold on. Are, are you actually saying that people are just numbers in a big company? Sometimes it feels like that when you're working for uh, something <laughs> like that. Well, you're only technically a technician uh, level one and uh, technician level ones don't get paid more than X amount of dollars. So there's nothing we can do for you. That's an excuse that I've heard um, before. And as soon as I threatened to uh, go somewhere else, they said, we can make an exception. <laughs> so you talking about that, you know, especially this guy that you were just going to hire, the company I left uh, the dealership. What was I going to say? Uh, oh, the, you know, I, I said they, they let me bring the truck home, you know, to, uh, to just in case, just in case I changed my mind. When I left that company, they asked me how much I was getting to leave, you know, right. and I told them, you know, the companies that I'm leaving for is giving me three bucks an hour more, which is not a ton, but whatever. Uh, I wanted to make a difference. I was unhappy. Anyway. Well, that's the other thing. It's not always about the money that you see in your paycheck. Sometimes the piece of having a uh, comfortable work environment is worth the difference. Even I've threatened to take a pay decrease before just to get a different um, uh, work environment. Yeah. And that's when I ended up in the service truck, which is why I, I didn't take the pay decrease. I'm glad I didn't. I got into a service truck and that, that was the change of environment that I was looking for at the time. Yeah, that the point of what I was saying is right. they say, "Well, the best that we can do is a dollar fifty. Right. I said, well, there's your answer. Right. I mean, it's not like I said, it's not about the money because I was gonna be losing a lot of basically bonuses. You know, they had a quarterly bonus and stuff, which I don't get that now. But in my opinion, it wasn't worth it to me to stay you know with all the bullshit that i was dealing with so there's up there's i don't know what the best way to put it there's 
there's different things to think about. I have a friend that just started it, went out on his own in California and he, same thing, you know, he was going to leave, go to work for another person and they offered him, oh, well, we'll pay you to stay. And he was like, okay, fine, you know, and he stayed and realized, oh, that was a mistake. And he just went and started his own damn company because it's not always worth staying for the money, especially when you have to threaten to quit yeah to get a raise well and then once you do get the raise i'm not gonna put intentions in other people uh and speak for words in their mouth i guess but uh imagine that manager who you just had to essentially threaten to quit and then he just had to bump you up a gigantic pay raise how's that manager who you already didn't like in the first place how's he going to treat you now yes i've said this a million times you got to threaten to quit. They give you a raise. You have a target on your back and you better bust your ass or he's going to be like, mm, you're out. And stuff like that too. If you, um, let's say shop environments, there's always a chatty Kathy in there. You know, mm, there's a, there's yes. a loose lip Linda, I guess you might say. <laughs> there's somebody who's a, a drama queen, a, uh, a gossip queen, somebody who's going to go, well, I heard, you know, well, this is, and then when that word gets around the shop, gets around the workplace, how are those other guys going to treat you if, uh, you know, God forbid you make more than they do and they're a more seasoned tech or they're a more experienced tech or they just think they're better than you. How's that uh, working relationship? You want cohesion in your in your work environment with your techs. You want to make it a, a team building, uh, or you know, you want to have a, a good working team um, and stuff like that, boy, it's real easy for it to go sideways. And then with talking about this, seems like we've done this a couple times on this podcast. How long do you beat the dead horse of talking about this? <laughs> how many horses you got? Just one. Just one. Well, I don't know. It's probably going to be a, a tale as old as time, you know people uh we all work for money right we don't just i enjoy what i do but if i didn't get paid i wouldn't do it so i mean i might do it at my house in my garage but it uh i go to work every day because i get paid uh-huh. and uh i would find another thing that i had to do if if that was the case but um yeah so i mean we could talk about something else we got a couple other topics or or uh suggestions maybe but pay raise, that's always going to be something that's around the industry, I think. Yeah. It seems like ever since I left the dealer, just like you, there's people, they're just throwing money at people to, to keep them. And I'm, I got, you know, two times the experience that some of them shop guys have and they're making a dollar or two less than I am. Yeah. And it just, it boggles my mind. And I feel like I make fucking good money. Right. And that's where, why compare yourself to somebody else? It's I, easy. And, you know, I want to, I would like to always, um, you know, well, if you're worried about someone else's 
paycheck, you're not spending enough time working, worrying about your own. So yeah, that's that. That wasn't the way I was like. I'm not like, oh, why are they making this? It's just kind of mind boggling that they're. Yeah, they didn't want to pay me that much when I was there. Yeah, and that may be the thing where they're realizing to actually get halfway decent people, they got to just pay a lot. But then at the same time. I don't want to uh, upset any of the dealer guys, but I'll be careful with my words. Sometimes the dealership is the easy place to work. And not, you know, if you want an easy job, maybe not that every dealership tech has just got it, you know, smooth as butter or anything, but um, there's a, you get, you kind of got to pick your battles with the, with that kind of stuff. So sometimes, especially in the truck world, it's real easy to, uh, to get a job at a dealership sometimes. And especially like you said, they're just throwing money at people just to have a warm body show up and and do work. And so it's easy for me to look back at what I made at the points in my career and say, man, these new guys are these, uh, less experienced guys are coming in and making way more than I ever made in the, in a shop environment or even in a field truck, but man, it is what it is. Uh-huh. So we're really beating a dead horse on this one and people probably are, their eyes are glossing over. So let's change it up. Uh, All right. Well, I've been uh, writing down a couple of funny things or interesting things that happened to me throughout the week. I'm like, that'd be something good to talk to, uh, talk about on the podcast. And, uh, so one of them I mentioned the last time when we recorded with Blaine, like at the very end or right after we got done recording, but man, I've got a, I've got a customer I see all the time. It's a, uh, it's a bodybuilder I work for. And, uh, I know all the guys who are there, their employees, uh, you know, I get to see their faces and, you know, be friendly with them and everything. And I work around them, beside them all over. Uh, and I noticed one of the guys hadn't been there for a handful of days or weeks. And, um, so I got to thinking, I'm like, uh, well, I haven't seen him. I'm going to ask him where he's been, or maybe he's on vacation or something. So I asked, uh, you know, he finally showed up. It had been about three weeks since I'd seen him last. And, uh, I'm over there. I think we're getting ready to go to lunch or something. I'm washing my hands. I said, Hey man, where you been? You'd been, you know, take a nice vacation, go out of town, go out of country. Nah, man. He, he looks at me, he goes, I had asshole surgery. <laughs> and I said, you know that I'm kind of thinking to myself, uh, I don't really want to hear this story, but, uh, so I tell him, I said, uh, well, that must've been an interesting one to have to explain to everybody. And he goes into explaining the whole thing. So he's sitting there telling me, yeah, I couldn't sit down for about two weeks. They made me lay on my stomach. And, boy, you know, I should have had this surgery done 10 years ago. And these hemorrhoids were just terrible. And I'm sitting there washing my hands. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to go to lunch. I don't want to hear this whole thing. And he goes, you know, I'm kind of walking away and not trying to be uh, just, (laughs) yeah. oh, real interesting story about you know, uh, your, your private business of doing, doing your dookies there. But he, uh, he, he got me for about five minutes solid. Just, 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no pun well, intended. <laughs> yeah, before I couldn't sit, you know, it'd take me two hours to take a dump, and I'm like, man, like, I don't want to know all this, all your all your intimate details, but mm. that's, um, you know, it's the perk of having customers that I can actually uh, see and interact with because if I didn't see people, so I, I'm a pretty uh, self-sustainable person, but I don't have any coworkers right now, so I'm just pretty much, you know, I don't have anybody to kind of talk with and and have those uh, funny stories with sometimes. So when I see some customers like that, it's always a always a fun time. Another one of these things I got wrote down, um, you know, starting a new business, you get all these. Uh, people trying to offer you a service, uh, credit card processors. I, I don't know where, I guess when you file for an LLC or something, your phone number gets put onto a list of every person trying to take a little bit of money out of your pocket. And it's, Hey, I offer this service. Uh, how can I be of, of, of help? And I'm like, dude, I just want to run my company. Like I don't need to give everybody, you know, death by a thousand cuts. It feels like sometimes. Uh, this dude gets $5, this dude gets $10, this company gets a little bit of money. So uh, I haven't done any advertising, and it's pretty much only been word of mouth, but I had a company reach out to me, and uh, I'm sure everybody out there knows them. I won't name their name, but uh, they're a business accreditation service that you know offers you, I guess, some sort of stamp of approval or sticker to put in your window and tell you that uh you're a good business <laughs> and uh boy the way this person it, it was obviously a script but the way they talked it was kind of uh you know they might as well have just showed up with like a baseball bat in their hand and and kind of said nice business you have here it'd be a shame if anything happened to you. it's like give us 70 dollars a month we take credit cards and it's like you can write it off because we're non uh you know, a non-for-profit. I'm like, so you're taking seventy dollars a my a month from me. They're like, well, that's just for uh, your size of business. And it's like, so if I get bigger, it's gonna go up. Yes, but you get the sticker you can put in your window and tell everybody you're certified by us. And I'm just like, boy, there's everybody. It seems like there's a lot of people out there trying to hop on the bandwagon of, uh, I guess, anybody making a, a half a buck or something. You know. Hey, let me get a let me get a piece of that cut on top of you know the lovely services provided to us by our wonderful government. I was getting ready to say it sounds like our government. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I paid sales taxes last week and it hurt my bank account. It hurt me like you know I'm not one to cry. If I had tear ducts, I probably would have shed a tear. But uh, it was uh, it was like man, I guess I'm just like another agent of the state out here collecting sales tax and then passing it up the chain. Hey, let me get a piece of that. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, I talked to this guy. I got a buddy who I don't, I don't know if he's my buddy, but I'll pretend like he's my buddy. He runs a barbecue joint <laughs> and we're always, uh, ragging about all this stuff. But, um, he, he's building a permanent location and he's got like everything set to go. And then the, the code enforcement came in and like, hey, you got to put in $100,000 worth of fire suppression in here. And he's like, 100000 Like, I mean, you're a small business owner. I'm sure 
slinging meats ain't that uh profitable but a hundred thousand dollars that's just ridiculous and uh you know that's before you can open and we won't get too political with it but boy some of these things you don't realize uh how much money goes to other places other than just uh your pocket you know people think small business owner you're you're making all these sales and it's like yeah but it's uh, there's always somebody coming to take some money from you from somewhere for something but that was just one of those uh kind of man it's kind of a i don't know kind of weird that these people make a have a business model pretty much based on what the mafia used to have of we'll uh make sure your your reviews are looked over before they're posted and and we'll make sure you have a good name and you meet all our our standards it's like well I guess they didn't go away. They just kind of modernized and decided to move it to a different business practice. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, uh, no comment. <laughs> I, I I like to stay away from all that stuff, man, because as soon as you, like, go to cancel or something, they're going to give you a bad review or something, you know. Yeah, it's like, well, if I don't pay you $70 a month, is something, like... <laughs> do I have to be worried about something or it's like they, it was just kind of ominous almost. It was uh, a little uncomfortable, but it, uh, it, at first it sounded like she said just $70 and I'm like, well, why would I not do that? But then it's like, Oh, it's $70 a month. I'm like, look, it doesn't mean that much to me to have your sticker in my window. Um, I've got by, by word of mouth and I haven't done any advertising and, uh, you know, I'll probably do advertising in the future. But when I'm so busy that I can't keep up, why would I put my number out there just for people to spend more money to have people call me for me to tell them that I can't get to them? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You got anything else? I got a few more things written down. So I I don't have any really bad stories. No. I do remember, like, it's burning my brain. When I worked at my first shop, I, uh, you know, we used to fix tires, mountain balance tires on cars and stuff, and... Every so often, we'd have somebody pull in and say, hey, you know, I, I think I got a nail or something. Like, hey, no big deal. Pull it over here. We'll take care of it. Well, this person brought in a tire. They took it off their car. It was an old lady. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll help you. I, I liked doing that stuff, you know. And it was like, we'd charge them like 10 bucks. You know, hey, I'll plug your tire, make sure it's all good, give it to you back or take it off, you know. Pretty cheap. Well, this old lady brought her tire in and her husband was with her and he was an old raggy old man and he didn't seem like he was all there like he he was kind of weird uh, yeah and so anyway uh, you know I, I found a nail i'm gonna go ahead and plug it so we used the little tar sticks or whatever they're called and i start to plug it and this guy's like i don't want that i want you to patch it and my boss is like we don't do that we just go ahead and plug it, you know, and where it's at, it'll be perfectly fine. And this old man just fucking freaks out on me. And I thought he was going to hit me. And he had a cane and stuff. And he, I thought he was going to fucking hit me. And I'm 17 or 18 at the time. And I'm just like, you know, freaking out. Like, this guy's going to fucking. Should I retaliate? He's going to clobber me. And my boss comes out and he's like, sir, you need to step out. You need to leave and all this stuff. And I'm just standing there like. Uh, do I fix it? <laughs> you know, and the lady, she was super apologetic. She's like, he's on medication and he's just, you know, having a hard time. And I'm like, oh, well, do you want me to fix your tire? So I fixed it and 
yeah, my boss didn't need a charger. He was just like, it's fine, you know, just yeah. take it and go. Go yeah. on your way. It was go just, I don't, problems. it's not even that bad of a story or not yeah. even that good. I just, it's burned into my brain because that old man fucking freaked out on me and I thought he was going to hit me. And, uh, yeah, I've got a few stories, but nothing crazy. I do have a story <clears throat> when I worked at the John Deere dealer in uh, California and I had to, I had an early morning, I had to go out to this combine. I can't remember what I was looking at, maybe AC or something. And I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time and, uh, we were living somewhere out in the country and I had an early morning and I, I just, I had thrown, I don't know about you, but when you have, uh, uniforms, do you send them in every week and have them washed and then you go and pick them up or do you just wash your own uniforms when you're at a dealer or whatever? Yeah. When I had uniform service, uh, I would usually let them do it, but I'd take a week's worth of uniforms and pretty much come back and just drop them off whenever I needed to. But sometimes they'd bring back like three uniforms and then I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to get by this whole week with two pants and yeah. two shirts. Yeah. I, d I just, I don't trust the uniform people. So I just do my own. I just right. wash them. And, uh, and they usually turn out better that way anyways. Yeah. So I had done a load the night before <laughs> and, uh, I guess the old ladies had, she had some stuff in there. And, uh, so I throw, throw my work shirt on and go at it, get out to this combine and I climb up this thing and I climb back down the ladder and walk back over to my service truck, I think to grab my AC gauges or something. And I turn around and look and the guy is standing at the ladder looking down and I saw something purple on the ground and I'm like, so I walk up and he's like looking at this thing and I'm like, and it was a pair of her underwear on the ground. It was in my shirt. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and grab him up off the ground. Yeah, he, it happens to the best of us. That's what he said. And <laughs> I still have a memory yeah. of that on Facebook. It pops up yeah. every so often. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse, but that's uh, I uh, usually wash all my stuff separate because I'd get everything greasy. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really know why it you was got in, them in your front I pocket. I guess <laughs> shit, but yeah, it was one of those things, and <laughs> it's just funny as hell. And his reaction was the best. Is like, oh, it happens to the best of us. But there's always um, those kind of entertaining stories that you look back on and laugh, and it's like sometimes you forget about them, and just you'll be going through the day, or like you said, Facebook memories pops up, and you're like, that was a. I remember that one. That was a good one. But the last thing, or one of the other things, I guess we're getting close. We could probably wrap it up. But um, you ever, you know, you have any, like, superstitions or anything, uh, your favorite pair of shoes or boots or, or anything like that? Because uh, I've been thinking about this. Last Christmas, um, my Snap-on guy, he dropped a pair of gray Snap-on socks on my in my toolbox while I wasn't there. I bought a little bit from him, but um, I never spent a ton of money, so I was like, well, that was awful nice of him. Most of my other Snap-on guys never, they wouldn't, they'd charge me for a pocket screwdriver if I needed one. <laughs> but uh, he left me those gray socks, and uh, boy, you know, everything else I've got are black, black socks. And um, so when I wear those gray socks, I've been realizing I've been having pretty good days, and and selling a lot of labor or, or something goes my way. Um, so 
I don't know if you got anything like that. I think it's usually my boots every morning, whether they're slip-on or lace-up. I have to put my socks on, right foot first, and then if I put my boots on, it has to be right foot first, no matter what. And if I lace my boots up, right foot first. If I don't do it that way, I seem to have a shitty day, and I don't understand why. I've never really paid attention. You're saying that. I'm thinking to myself, which one do I put on first? I don't really remember, but... I don't know. Are you an early morning riser? I know you yes. gotta you gotta have that. Uh, right now you're working on that whatever. That trench first yeah. thing in the morning. But uh, have you always been that way in the field truck? Yep. Yeah. I I have to start early. Yeah. If I don't start early, my day is screwed. Um, I'm usually up four forty five every morning and going out the door by five fifteen to five thirty. I probably should be doing that, but <laughs> for whatever reason, I've always I'd rather work late than work early. And I say that, but when I do get started early, it I seem to be way more productive. Um, I had one one job. They uh, they wanted me to do it on a – I don't remember what it was on. But um, they said, well, can you get it done first thing in the morning? I'm like, well, what time do you all get started? They said 5. And I'm like, so if I need two hours to be with this thing, i got to be out here at 3. Well – I told them I could because I'm not one to turn stuff down sometimes. So <laughs> I got out there at three and you know got my work, my stuff done, and uh, it was on a lube truck. That's what it was on because he was going to go fuel and lube everything for the day. And um, so the the luber gets there and he uh, he's like, "You're done already?" I'm like, "Yeah." I said, um, "I got out here about three o'clock." He goes, "Man, I wouldn't have made it out here that early." And I said, "Usually I don't like to get started until about seven, so." I'm uh I'm up early for myself and then by the time I looked at it, you know, it's like one or two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like, I've got a lot of stuff done today. Mm-hmm. And then of course I went home and crashed. <laughs> I I stay up late. I probably shouldn't, but uh I'd I'd rather work late than work early a lot of times. But I feel pretty efficient whenever I do get started early. Yeah. It's uh I don't know why. It's always been that way. I hate it, but I, I have to. And then that just means, you know, if I work later, I get yeah. some overtime. Yeah. So, but yeah, the uh, superstition, man, for sure. Uh, it just seems like, like one day I put the wrong boot on back in California. Take them off and do it all over again. No, I walked out. My truck was broken into. Uh, broke a shoelace or a bootlace that day. Uh, ripped pants or something like that. I, it was just a day full of shit. And... Uh, Ever since then, it's like, yeah, I got to do it right. But uh, I don't know, man. You got anything else we need to discuss on here? We can. Um, we're not talking tools. Don't no, ask. No, no Milwaukee today. <laughs> Even though, in hold on, in the background of this video behind you, there's a Milwaukee case right in front of my Harley. <laughs> but uh, the last thing I'd say is. Um, Oh, well, we didn't really get to the topics, but uh, if if Colton posts stuff on the Certified Wrench page, I would be much appreciated if people drop some topics and don't just say like five words and then expect us to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like kind of give some in-depth details. Um, you know, if I'm going to be sitting in on a co-host, I don't know that I got a, a ton of stuff to say every time, but... We'd, uh, you know, we're going to take this thing where it goes, I guess. And uh, having guests, we don't want to just be the uh, same 
Where'd you start? Where are you at? Where are you going? Thanks Where'd you for see coming. yourself in 10 yep. years? Yep. Um, also with that, you know, him saying that, you know, I post these things like, hey, I want to know your topics. Uh, there's, on just on the Instagram alone, there's over 4,300 followers. Yeah. And I imagine... Didn't you just do a 2K giveaway, though? Yeah, I did. Dude, you're blowing up. Yeah. Um, Going viral. You know, and there's... And a typical question deal like that, there's... Like the other day, I had almost a thousand views on that story. Fourteen people responded to it. Yeah, I understand. It's you know, Oz, he's just doing it again. Whatever. I already put my two cents in. I have, I save all of those. I have them saved in my phone. But with that being said, you know, I get a lot of messages from followers, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, like, "Hey, you should really get this person on." Yeah, and it's like. I understand you want to hear from a certain individual, but you're the only person that wants to hear from that person. Right. Somebody else might not want to hear about that person. Well, or does that person even want to come on? Exactly. So right now, with everybody that wants to be on, we're booked out till about March. I got to go back and make my list. But right now, March, people are still like, hey, I want to come on. When can I come on? Like, Go to the website, fill out a dealie at the bottom. Anyway, I'm not going to go track down people. I know there's a lot of famous mechanics on YouTube and Instagram. And I'm not going to go chase them down. If they're interested in being on, I'll I'll get them on. But they gotta they gotta approach me right now. Right now things are so backed up that I, we should probably even have a guest on this weekend. <laughs> well, but we're gonna mix it up a little bit. We're not gonna have a guest on every weekend. And uh, let's try and be entertaining too. Mm-hmm. Are you funny? I don't know. Me neither. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so we might need to bring some funny people in then. But, uh, yeah, you I'm, know, even on my episode that I did originally, I felt like we had a pretty good uh, mm-hmm. a pretty good flow, a pretty good uh, banter, I guess. And it wasn't just the same uh, where you at, where you going, yeah. what you're doing, how many tools do you got, what kind of service truck do you got. But, you know, there's more to uh, – I feel like a lot of what we talk about on here, like you said, it's redundant. It's the same old thing. But being a field mechanic isn't uh, the. It's not always. Uh, it's not always the same. It's not always the. Uh, I wouldn't say it. It can be pretty interesting, on the vast amounts of variations of what a field mechanic is. But yeah. you got any uh, guys who are you know, locomotive field mechanics or or like crazy industries that we may not even be kind of touched into yet so the best way to put it is i've got so i've got a lot of people lined up Uh, i've got canadians australians uh, a few people from england there's one that i want to get on but he just switched jobs oh yeah so i said hey let's wait a little bit um no no locomotive stuff I, I just do. that was something I threw out there. I mean, we've had Dirt World, you know, you've had truck guys. Yeah. You've had uh uh oh, people who do some some things, cranes, this and that. Yeah. But I got a guy here though that works for the one of the locomotives, I can't oh, yeah. say. Uh and I talked to him about coming on at some point, yeah. but with all this shit that's going on, you know, as far as like the don't want to get him yeah, in trouble he, with the union or nothing. He wants to wait. Yeah. But you know, I'm not like going back to my little rant a minute ago. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. You know, I just 
I constantly get messages of, hey, you need to get this guy on. It's like, I understand. I, I know you want to hear from him. I'll get to it maybe eventually. Um, but you guys got to remember, half the time I don't know what the hell I'm doing on here. Right. <laughs> this is... This you is, don't have it all figured out, Colton? <sighs> Fuck. Man. I am a mechanic full-time. This is a fun project that I started that happened to take off. You're and, not a certified podcaster? Uh, just a certified wrench, huh? Yeah. And uh, this is something that comes out of my pocket. You know, I pay a lot of money for all this equipment. and Except for my cameras. My boy Eric helped out with that. But uh, Shout out. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Uh, I will get you guys on soon, but right now, you know, I've got uh, I've got guys lined out, as in like uh, we've got a couple luber goobers, uh, fuel guys or oil changers, whatever. Uh, I've got my buddy that's a a tool deal or tool rep. He used to be a tool dealer. Um, I've got all kinds of stuff coming, you know. So if you guys have topics, though, we definitely want them. You know, I, I want to talk about stuff that you guys want to hear about, not the people, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if if we get a service manager on here or something, or I'm willing to talk to anybody, you know, let's yeah. make this thing interesting. Because before it was just all field mechanics only, yeah. but, you know, people that might be working in a shop for 40 years have good stories. Got any good, good parts, guys? I don't know. Are there any good parts, guys, out there? <laughs> Burn. <laughs> no. Um, There's a couple that I like, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It These days it seems like you can uh, – you have to babysit them half the time, and I'm sure they're going to get their feelings hurt on that. But I've got a couple, I yeah. think. Um, Would that even make an interesting podcast? Maybe. You never know. Uh, I, I've got my buddy that used to be a parts guy, but he's a service manager now. Right. I can get him on, but he's in California. In your side of the world, um, kind of construction side and even ag side, did you have a dedicated parts guy for your field service, or was it all just done through the regular parts department? So back home when I was in the – Ag division, my buddy was the back counter parts yeah. guy, and that's who we all, all the field guys dealt with. But then he, like I said, he's service manager now. Here, yeah, we had a, uh, when I worked for the deer dealer here, uh, we had a back counter guy. He was pretty good. The other guy left. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a designated. Where you're at now on the, on your construction company do they have a parts guy or do you just go straight to the dealer so i use the deer parts i'm not gonna say yeah. names <laughs> Is there a, like a dealer portal or something for you yeah um basically we have everything that a deer guy would have right i just don't have jesus um i just don't have as much access right like as far as like let's just talk about this real quick as far as like you know i work as for a construction company um, I have service advisor. I can do everything that a dealer guy could do except for update or install new software on a controller. And how often do you need that? Once since I've been here and I've been yeah. here two years. Um, maybe twice. I don't know. Maybe it's more like, cause a lot of the diagnostic procedures you go through, it's like, you need to check software and see if it's yeah. up to date. Well, I can't do that. So. Yeah. You can't even see, like, the revision it is. Yeah. Oh, I can see what, what version, I think. I can't yeah. remember now. I'd have to go back and look and actually see, but I don't think so. But, yeah. That's always a troubleshooting step that I hate where it's like, oh, nothing else fixed it. Just program it and see if it fixes yeah. it. And uh, <laughs> I've never seen a software update fix a truck. I, I've i seen it. Well, I take that a back. A lot of times. I've never seen an update 
fix a problem um, like a ECM problem, an uh, engine controller. I've seen software on cab controllers where it's just like it's doing something funky and I flash it with the latest software and it works and I just, well, I guess I fixed it. I don't know. Sometimes it's a shot in the dark, but I hate those ones where I don't know if I actually fixed it or if I just pushed it off into a doing something else band-aided it yeah. with a updated call me, payload call me if it doesn't work <laughs> yeah I, what's weird is like back in the ag side on the can bus systems they had terminator resistors i'm sure you know what that is but we just called terminators there were these weird square things and if you had message missing codes or yeah. you know any type of 09 codes on deer throw a resistor on that yeah. bitch and it was good but mm. on the construction side no nah, it I saw a ZK video and he was chasing some can message thing and he put like all these controllers on it, did all this other stuff and it ended up being just a rubbed wire that yeah. was like <laughs> impossible to find. But um, when you were in the ag side, uh, I know you've talked about it a little bit, but you have to, on certain things that are going to be warranty, are they pretty much the final say and you just do what they say? Like when you upgrade a uh, support case, if you make one, if they tell you to replace something and it doesn't fix it, they're paying for that still, right? If that's I w- a question I had on that video where he's putting like a ton of parts that I'm sure aren't cheap on there. And it's like, is that, hey, is the, su- the support side told me to do it, so they're paying for it? Yeah, and I actually kind of, that that machine I just dealt with, the one that just gave me all kinds of problems, I followed the diagnostic procedure and it says oh, replace this. Right. And then it, in the diagnostic procedure at the end it says did this fix issue no or yes yeah and then you move on to the next one or it's I fixed hate those troubleshooting steps where it's like it's kind of a gray area but then they tell you to just put a sensor or a part on it and you're like well that's not really mm-hmm. helpful but um because oh, my question there um when i was at the freightliner dealer D- uh, detroit their support uh kind of system there was basically like yes replace it but it's up to the technician's discrepancy and so it's like well give me something to go by and it's like if you can scratch your fingernail and it catches it's like okay does it stop or does it just feel and it's like these aren't really technical terms and you're pretty much putting it on me whether I'm replacing a motor or replacing a crank or it's like these just kind of stupid ways and uh dude one time I had a uh an SCR on those things and it's a one box system so you pretty much have the DOC and the uh, SCR is all one assembly you can take the filter the DPF out to clean them I replaced it because the troubleshooting said to and uh, then the support said well it wasn't bad so we're not paying for it and I'm like Mm. awesome Mm -hmm. cool so they made me take that one off and put it back the old one back on yeah I don't really remember to be honest with you yeah. but i I was told multiple times to replace parts but yeah. i think everything was covered as long as it was in the ccms or DTAC right. case um but yeah i don't remember even i filed a lot back in my day yeah. <laughs> so i don't remember that's one everything. thing i don't really miss about the dealers filing warranty stuff where it's like you got to write everything down every you know i took this bolt out and i had to gain access with this and that but at the same time I was halfway good at being able to write everything I did 
and uh, people would complain about, oh, Cummins doesn't Cummins warranty doesn't pay for anything. And I'm like, well, did you put all your SRT times down? And uh, most of the time it was no, but uh, I would do all my own cases, and then I'd get all my time plus some usually. Yeah. And so I was I was good at that. But uh, knowing that now, it makes me more efficient because I'm like, all right, well, not that I'm going to charge the customer for all the time because I usually just charge. I think this is something that uh, how do you charge fair rates? Or was that about drive time? The drive time. Well, it kind of goes into it too, but you know, a turbo may be an SRT time of like four hours. And if I can do it in two hours, why would I charge them four hours? Not that I'm like, I want to work with my customer cause I don't want to just, you know, I'm not there to just bill them hours and just take their money. I'm there to keep their trucks going. So the next time it breaks down, who are they going to call? They're going to call me. Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah so, um, but on drive time, boy, that's a hard one. Cause you got to think about if I wasn't driving, I'd be billing labor for somebody else sometimes but um you also don't want to just absolutely abuse their you know the uh the pocketbook there yeah but you want to get what you're worth and what your what makes reasonable um amount yeah kind of jumping how are the dealers on that as far as drive time yeah so like you you said you used to go out to west texas a lot would they bill them like one drive time or like if you're running back and forth for parts are you still at hourly rate I don't know how they did the drive time because it, if we were going to West Texas, we called it running the board. Right. So we did multiple jobs. Right. So you go out there. But usually for the same customer? No. Oh, so all you. All over. Okay, so they'd kind of spread it around, I guess. Or I'm guessing they everybody hold a little, bit of, a little bit of percentage from each job. or And plus, so I get paid to drive out there. Right. Uh, and from the hotel to each job. Or from job to job, depending on how the day went. Because half the time, you know, I'd leave the hotel on a in the morning, 6 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, drive to the first job, and that's a three-hour drive one way. Right. Do what you got to do. Maybe you have to drive back into town to get parts. parts. Yeah. Go back out to the machine. So that's a full freaking day, 18-hour oh, yeah. day right and there. And you labored for maybe two or three hours, yeah. but you were driving everything else. So that – and the – I know that everything was marked up out there too, right. whether it was drive time, labor rates, everything. Well, excluding the West Texas scenario, then, like if, uh, so say you got a call out from the dealership here in town and it was an hour drive, they just build them an hour drive one way, an hour drive back. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. So two that's, hours. That's pretty much how I do it. I mean, I kind of have some customers, I have a set, you know, hey, I know I'm going this many miles. It would be this much in my labor rate. I try and keep it at my labor rate, but some of them, you know, I'm doing a ton of work for them, so I just charge them a flat fee and say, when I get out there, I'm charging you this much. If I work on three trucks or if I work on one, and then uh, I work with my customers and kind of do that. But, yeah, drive time, the way I look at it, if I wasn't driving, I'd be working for somebody else. So, And if I didn't come out there, you'd either have to have that machine towed or truck towed in or have somebody else go out there so mm. i don't know yeah you want to be fair but you also don't want to undercut yourself yeah i'm so glad i didn't start my own business yeah. it sounds it sounds easy but complicating at the same time and well, my biggest fear was like overcharging yeah or undercharging i get that sometimes but then the customers that come to me and complain about every little it was this much i can't oh my i'm like well 
don't call me next time or I'm not going to go out of my way next time to come see you. Cause I, I've said this before. Um, I don't know if I'm just a sucker for putting myself in, in bad situations, but I'll say yes to a lot of stuff that I maybe shouldn't always say yes to. And then, um, sometimes if I get that urge or, or that feeling of, you know, Oh, I'm going to overcharge them. I think, well, if you called the dealer, how much would it be? I'm not saying I'm better than the dealer, but I'm here. What that's worth something. Cause the dealer would probably tell you, you three, four days, five days, six days a week, maybe more before they can even go, come see you. So that's worth something. And, uh, I don't know. I just, if my customers have a hard time with paying their bills, then they're not my customer for long. <laughs> Fuck him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my I'll take their money, but I mean, just why make it hard on me? I'm going out of my way for you, and if you don't want to have that two-way street of the, you'll meet me where I meet you. Then all right, well, call somebody else. So my wife actually kind of deals with that, right? You know, but she's like a like a, a service manager. She's or a like field, a field a, service manager, but yeah, she you know you got the big. Big customers. Yeah. She's got a couple residents at these customers. and That just want everything with, for free. I, exactly. And I don't want to give away too much, you know. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble or something. And, you know, the customers that. Yeah. I'm doing a little bit of cash money, you know, thing with my fingers right now. But they, uh, they'll call and complain about the, the dumbest shit. Like, and they're probably a billion dollar company. Oh, yeah. Like throw money yeah. away and. You know, they'll call and like, why am I paying for this one drive time or this part? Or, you know, I'm not paying for this. It's like, I guess you got, you know, if you're a successful company, you got to watch your numbers. But man, at the same time, it was the same way uh, at the truck dealer. The biggest fleets were always not the cheapest, but it was always like, I don't want to pay anything that's not warranty. So then it's like, I'm skating on okay, if it's customer pay, I'm just going to stop and tell you about it. But then, well, why is my truck not fixed? Why can't I go send it out? And it's like, well, you told me not to do anything that wasn't warranty and the chassis warranty's out or the, you know, you still have emissions warranty, but it didn't cover the emissions harness that is truck side. That's one thing that it it's probably uh, on the on the machine side, your warranty pretty much covers top to bottom or what? You don't know? I don't, that's out of my pay range. Yeah. Pay uh, range. Pay range. <laughs> I can't even fucking say it right. <laughs> uh, pay range. No, I, I don't handle any of that stuff yet. No. So. Yeah, because truck side or, you know, trucks, they'll have a warranty on the chassis. Then they'll have a warranty on the uh, transmission. Then they'll have a warranty on the axles. Then they'll have a warranty on the engine. Time out. Why am I brain farting on what the saying is? It's out of my pay grade. There we go. <laughs> well, it just sounded it just sounded weird. I thought you said something else, and then I said it, and I'm like, you said I mean, it right, but it just didn't sound right. It's pay pay grade, yeah. but I said pay range. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's just like no. I need I need to figure this out. I had a thinking uh, moment there. <laughs> anyway, man, I what do you think about closing this thing? Let's up? wrap it up. We'll have a guest. Uh, what do you think next week? You got someone on the schedule? I, I we can either do next week or we can take a week off. Man, it's up to you. Uh, I I'm, I'm kidding. enjoying it so far. Um, I may not be. You said I had to be entertaining, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to add some value here. But uh, 
No, I, I always enjoy sitting, listening to the guests. We've sat in, I've sat in on one last week. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, not doing it in person, I can't look you in the eyes and see your soul. No, yeah, uh, that, That's why I like uh, the FaceTime. It, the FaceTime at least would have made it a little bit better, but I think it, it turned out well last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, so we'll see when the next guest is, but, man, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll figure something out. But anyways, guys, uh, I, I hope you stay tuned and enjoyed this kind of little just bullshit episode. We were just wanting to – we didn't want to pull, pull a guest on. We kind of wanted to make this about Joe. Getting my uh, therapy hour in. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that's it. I think I have a lot of topics to cover. I'm, I don't want to use them all up at once. So uh, Save them in the back pocket. You know, over the, over time we'll – We'll get them done, and I th- I, yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the the latest uh, video or reel I posted on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, uh, I kind of just made it as a joke and just letting everybody know that we are going to be taking the podcast to video clips and possible full video episodes on YouTube. Um, it's only going to be in person, I'm I'm guessing, because I. How am I going to do a video with a guest that's in Australia or something? Uh, so video record your phone. So it's like boomer level, uh, like uh, <laughs> social media. You ever see those posts where it's like they take a picture of a picture on a phone and it's like a meme and you're like, okay, boomer. Yeah. Well, I can also, I got this fancy uh, camera switcher uh, board, I guess we would call it. Getting and technical. I can I can literally plug in an HDMI plug here and plug it into the back of the screen, and it'll play video, but I still have to switch back and forth. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, you guys probably don't go. care about that. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's close this thing out. All right, um, man. If, Follow uh, me on the, the Instagram. Yeah, Follow check the out. Certified Wrench on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if you... Uh, if you need to get a hold of old me or or Joe here, you can hit me up at uh, Certified Wrench Podcast at Gmail Check out the website if you guys want to. If you guys are interested in being a guest, uh, there's a contact slip down at the bottom. Kind of give us a little bit of a backstory and fill out the contact info. Do you, you got anything to say on this? I'm yeah, if you uh, want to be a guest, <laughs> make sure you have something to say. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm. If you fill out a, a contact slip. And it just says your name and email. I'm not gonna contact you back. You have to give me a little bit of background on what you do, and then I'll, you know, I'll communicate with you. Anyway, uh, merch lines out there. Uh, like I said before, anything helps. Uh, it's all going towards the podcast. If you guys can go on to whatever streaming platform, I, I, hold on. First of all, I'm, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing this at every in, end of every episode, but I gotta say it because. Uh, last I checked, we were number 65 in the U.S. I'm trying to get the numbers up. So whatever streaming platform you're on, if you can uh, go give me some stars, leave a review, you know, show some love. Because we're, we're, we're going to try to take this thing number one. Let's go. Why be number two? <laughs> yeah. Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that's it. Um, if I missed anything, sorry. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you coming by, Joe, and uh, hanging out and talking a little bit more shit. And uh, 
Another episode. <laughs> Number 26. Let's go. Anyways, guys, until next time, we'll see you.